You're listening to AIB Market Talk with our latest financial market update. Hello and welcome to our weekly AIB Market Update on Tuesday the 21st of July. I'm Jane Kavner from our Corporate Treasury Unit and I am joined this week by AIB's Senior Economist John Fahey to discuss continued uncertainty in the financial markets. We will also give particular attention to how the markets and indeed currencies have reacted following a week of mixed news amid the COVID-19 crisis. John, the market continues to be very sensitive to COVID risk, but over the last week, investor sentiment has generally been in a more positive mood. Why is this? So this was reflected in the fact that when we looked over the week, equity markets managed to make some gains. So you look at the major European indices like the Eurostox 50, that was up around 2%. Then if you look across the water on Wall Street, S&P 500 was up around 1%. So gains generally of 1% to 2% over the course of last week. So one of the reasons for that was we had positive news for, now it's still very early stages yet, but into two potential vaccines for the COVID-19 virus. So obviously a vaccine would be a game changer for the whole pandemic. So there was positive news flow in relation to early trials. So that really underpinned the mood to risk appetite over the week. Because generally speaking, the macro news flow was a bit mixed. We had better than expected US industrial production, retail sales, Chinese Q2 GDP. But then at the same time, we had weaker than expected UK GDP and Chinese retail sales data. So it was a bit mixed macro-wise. And then at the same time too, We've had continued news flow each day of spikes and increased cases of COVID-19. So I suppose one of the most evident of that was in the early part of last week, California reimposed some restrictions and that followed on what we'd seen the previous week in Texas and Florida. But still, despite all that, the market still took the optimistic mood and we saw gains of 1% to 2%. And I think just as we said, what underpinned that was just that positive news flow around the vaccine, even though it's still very early days in terms of progress with getting any of this towards the uh, end user. Thanks for that, John. John, our customers will be looking carefully at the performance that the euro put in the last week, gaining 1% against the dollar and 2% against sterling. What's driving this? A key aspect behind this is what we saw over the weekend and into Monday around the discussions on the recovery fund. So that's helped underpin the euro. At the same time, too, what we have tended to see happen is that when markets have been in risk-on mood, in other words, risk-positive tone, we've seen the euro benefit from that backdrop and the dollar has tended to weaken a little bit against that. So that helped the euro too. But a key aspect of it uh, has been just that optimism and progress on the recovery fund helped the euro last week. Following on from that then, John, do you think we might see euro dollar break through that 115 level or is there a little bit of buy the rumour sell the fact in the current rally? Well, so where we are at the moment, we're about the midpoint of 114 to 115 trading band. Now, for much of the last couple of weeks, euro dollar has flirted to the upside and to the downside of 113. But as you say there, we did see it move around 1% last week and so it gets us above into 114 territory. When we look at 115, really when we look over the last couple of years, euro dollar has not traded above 115 since late 2018. So for it to move above that would be significant at the moment. You know, what you'd look to see is it to sustain this break above the 114 level and then push up. But I think in terms of for it to move above that 115, it's probably in the near term. For it to sustain a break there, unlikely in the near term at least, just because of the relative outlooks in terms of when we look at the Fed, 
its policy outlook versus the ECB and the US economy versus the Eurozone economy. And the fact that if we got some more risk aversion in markets, it could be supportive of the dollar. So it could help drive the dollar. In other words, move euro dollar lower back down from that 114 level. If, if we got more risk aversion on markets, then the dollar would probably get supported. So we'd move down. What could push us above 115 and sustain it was if in the second half of this year, risk sentiment continued to improve on a sustained basis, the global economy picked up and that recovery took hold, uh, then that would reduce demand for the dollar. So it could see the dollar weaken a little bit more and that would help euro dollar maybe potentially push and, and hold above the 115 level. But in the near term, given all the uncertainty that's still out there, it's probably going to be difficult for euro dollar to trade above 115. And just given that it hasn't tended to trade above that level since late 2018, so it's been some time. Thanks, John. Meanwhile, sterling has really found itself back in the defensive again as well. Possibly hard to pin down one specific trigger given the challenges that face the pound. What's behind this more recent bear run? Are we looking at more uncertainty around trade talks or is there more to it? Uh, That's one aspect to it. Obviously, as we've talked about before on these podcasts, the clock is ticking to get a trade deal in place. Uh, There's less than six months now, really. So in terms of key dates and that, we've mentioned before, you know, in July is when we need to see some progress on a trade deal because the talks have been intensified now. And then really in September, you look for more progress there because by the end of October, a trade deal really has to be agreed for it to get the approval that's required across the different member states and also in the UK Parliament. So there's key dates coming up and that's likely to, that uncertainty around that is weighed on sterling and will continue to weigh on sterling until there's clarity. The other aspect too, though, is that we've had a fair, in terms of the UK economy, obviously the UK economy is coming out of the single market and the customs union after withdrawal agreement and transition period ends this year. So the UK economy itself is in a more vulnerable position. And then combined with the fact that it's in a more vulnerable position dealing with an economic downturn like the rest of the world, but now it's no longer will be in the single market of the customs union start of 2021 makes it more vulnerable and in a weaker side. So that's another aspect that's weighing on it. Third one is the fact that the UK government has been very proactive around its fiscal stimulus package, but then that does bring pressures and vulnerabilities to bear on the UK budgetary position and its uh, debt position. So that's also another worry for market. And then the final aspect is the monetary policy outlook. You know, the Bank of England hasn't ruled out potentially cutting rates into negative territory. At the moment, the bank rate's at 0.1%. Marcus generally pricing in maybe that it'll go to, to zero. But it has been toying with the idea over the last couple of months that it could go negative and the Bank of England themselves haven't ruled that out. So all those things combined just have come together to, to make it a more challenging outlook for sterling. And it's reflective in the fact then that, you know, euro sterling started this week above the 91p level. Thanks, John. With COVID so firmly in the spotlight, you kind of lose sight sometimes that the UK still has such significant negotiations ahead. Looking at the macro side, John, then, and the diary for this week, it looks fairly quiet, but the PMIs will be of interest, will they? Yeah, so we'll be looking at the PMIs because I suppose the concern there at the moment is that all the major advanced economies, restrictions started to be eased back in the majority of them uh, as we got through May into June. So we got a bounce back in the survey date in terms of PMIs in May and June. And what that was telling us, that as the restrictions got eased, as you would expect, economic activity started to pick up. 
But then again, there is the concern and the risk that as restrictions are eased and as more people move around the place, we are seeing a spike higher in cases again. So it's that balancing act between easing restrictions, reopening your economy, while at the same time not increasing the risk of further spread of COVID-19. So the PMIs are important this week because they're the first kind of key survey data we get for July. So we'll be looking to these to see is the momentum that started to take hold in May and June maintained as we turn the corner into the second half of the year. Uh, So we just look to see is that recovery because the consensus expectation this year is that first half of the year is going to be pretty drastic in terms of contraction, especially in Q2 for all the major advanced economies, but that we will see improvement in the second half of the year. So the July PMIs will give us an early read in terms of just what level of momentum has been maintained to see whether that improvement in the second half does actually materialise. So that's why the PMIs are very timely and we closely followed when they get released on Friday. All eyes on that level of 50 and above, John, yeah? Yeah, because anything above 50 signifies expansion. Uh, So the composite PMIs in June moved back closer to that level. So the expectation is that the Eurozone, the UK and the US may get back into expansionary territory in terms of their composite PMIs for July. So that would be a positive. And that's why we just looked at that number closely to see if that momentum has been maintained coming into July. John, many thanks for the update and a big thanks to our customers and listeners for joining us on this week's podcast. For those customers impacted by the pandemic, you can find details of AIB support packages at www.aib.ie forward slash COVID-19. To stay up to date with latest market developments, please subscribe to AIB's Market Talk in the podcast apps for iOS or Android. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of AIB Market Talk. Allied Irish Bank's PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. First Trust Bank is a trademark of AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority. Allied Irish Bank GB and Allied Irish Bank GB Savings Direct are trademarks used under licence by AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority.